0: La verdad
1: This is Steve Balton, and you are tuned into My Turning Point for a really fun conversation today with singer Sebastian Yatra. So imagine being a kid growing up in Colombia, and then one day, years later, you are playing the role of a character in a Disney movie based in Colombia. Well, that's exactly what happened with Sebastian, who is one of the voices in Encanto. Talked with him about that, his new album, buying his first home, so much more. So I hope you enjoy this conversation as much
0: as we did. Thanks. How you
1: guys? Hey, how's it going?
0: How's it going, Steve, Adam? Sorry. Good. Just interview to interview, so.
1: No worries, dude. It's all good. All right, dude. Where are you today? Jordan wasn't even sure. She's like, Columbia, Miami, no idea.
0: I'm in Miami. I'm in Miami. I'm at home. I'm at home because literally I just bought my first house and this is my first day here at the house.
1: Wow. Okay, dude. One congratulations, two. I'm very sorry that you have to spend your first day in the house doing interviews.
0: you know stuff happens.. I <laughs> leave right, so. one of the interviews with you
1: <laughs> all right dude so so I mean this is a big, how do you celebrate the first house?
0: Mm, not much, really. I don't know. Just enjoying and being grateful. Um, yesterday, I watched euphoria. <laughs>
1: See, this is a very interesting thing, though, because buying a house now means so much different than it did two years ago. Because I've spoken about this with so many musicians, right? And, you know, before two years ago, you were used to living your whole life on the road. So you didn't really think about where home was because, you know, maybe you're home 50 to 70 nights a year if you're lucky. But so now, having spent two years not really being on the road did buying a house mean something totally different to you?
0: I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I guess I'm like a different breed, Steve, because I didn't really stop this whole pandemic. I I stopped for five months in the beginning in the quarantine that I was home uh, in Medellin, but uh, the second half of 2020 and all 2021, I was traveling and I was on the road. So I didn't really like, feel that thing of having a home up until now that I like I bought a house. So this forces me to have a place to come back to, which is good, you know, because uh, it's going to be great for my head because it, it comes to a point when you're living um, just with your suitcases. Uh, and for me, it's been eight years uh, that you start losing a bit of that sense of like home and you don't really build anything. You, I mean, you build a lot on your career, but you, it doesn't really give you a chance to build like a personal life.
1: Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. So it's interesting for you then. I mean, in all of this traveling, is that how the record was made? Or was it something that you, like, was this a pandemic baby or no? Was it something you were working on before the pandemic?
0: Um, I spoke before the pandemic, like at some point I wanted a house, but I didn't see it like, Very clearly. So the pandemic definitely made me open up my eyes and I made the decision last year that I wanted to get a home here in Miami, but the market's just so crazy, man, Uh, that it was hard to find one. But one day I got lucky and literally I found this house like it had just come out on the market and I told my realtor and we were the first people to come see it and we made an offer like that very same day and I was happy about that.
1: I, oh no, it's funny actually. When I was asking, I meant I meant about the album. I meant about the the. I'm oh, sorry.
0: Album. I thought we were still on the house.
1: No, it's all good. We can. I mean, you it's know.
0: part of that first home, the first first homeowner feeling. That we're doing a conversation about my my new album, and I'm talking about the house.
1: Well, right. Well, that, let's come back to this for one second. What is the first piece of art that you put up in the new house? Is there anything up yet?
0: Well, look. There's nothing up, but there is something down and this is um this is actually a drawing that i got made for me um in this festival in spain this year that uh was a gift from an artist called mr dripping and it's literally he just drips the paint like in front of you uh like with a little like fork or something and he does it like in five minutes and it's like it's like a really amazing piece of art so it's all I have here right now. And I have a couple other um, things, but they're still in boxes.
1: All right. Fair enough. Cause I mean, these, these are important things when you have the first home, you know? Yes, sir. <laughs>
0: all
1: right, dude. So let's come on to Dharma though. Now, what was this a, was the Dharma a pandemic baby? Or was that something you made while traveling?
0: Traveling on the pandemic. So yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's a pandemic baby for sure. And, um, the album's really beautiful. It's not, it doesn't have any particular, um, genre like that We I followed. I just did whatever music I, I was feeling and what was best to transmit the emotion of each story we were telling in the songs. Uh, Dharma means accepting reality. And it's like the other side of, uh, what is very popular, which we all know about, which is karma. But, uh most people don't know that there's another side to it called Dharma, Dharma. And karma, we see it as like the negative things that come when you do things bad. And it's really just more like the lessons in life that we have to learn um, through hardship, you know, and growing hurts and and if you if you don't learn the lesson, you you fall with that same rock once again and once again. Uh, and then Dharma is once you've learned that lesson and you have like a higher level of consciousness and it's like all the stuff that happens when you go in line, like with your destiny and when you're like, uh, vibrating really high. And I just love the meaning of it. And it also means like the acceptance of reality. And it's like understanding the life's not perfect and it's not all joy and happiness. And there's just a bunch of things uh, in our life that exist, but they coexist and they're all beautiful because uh, the the hard things make the beautiful things stand out as well.
1: So it's interesting before we come on to the specific sonics of the record, because I've heard the record and it is beautiful, but I also love the fact that it is very diverse. Since you talk about Dharma being about the lessons, and we talked about being a homeowner and this all ties in because it's all part of growing older and realizing what it is you want in life. Were there specific lessons that really you thought about in making this record as you started to get into, you know, making the music?
0: So many, I mean, I'm so much more grateful about the lessons I've learned from this whole process of these three years while I wrote this album than for the album in itself, you know? The album is a result of all that and I'm thankful for it and being able to express all these emotions, but just the lessons I've learned and uh, how I've grown and matured and the way I see life and the way that I've, I've grabbed a lot more, um, what's that called? The opposite of fear. Um, my courage. courage to just follow my heart and do the things that make me happy. Um, and not just the things that I think make everyone else happy around me, but, you know, really just following my heart and my instinct. Uh, for me, it took a lot of time, you know, because um, I guess fear is a big part of our lives and in, in certain points. But it's been really like uh, three hard years, but uh, no, two hard years uh, yes. since the pandemic, two hard years, but with a lot of growing experiences.
1: Well, see, now that's interesting as well. So, cause I'm a big believer that good writing is subconscious. As you start working on stuff, the writing leads you. And then you go back and you're like, oh crap, I didn't even know I was thinking that. So as you started, as you went through this record, as you go back and listen to it, what are some of the lessons that you apply to specific songs that you're like, okay, maybe you didn't even realize that lesson until you go back and hear the song?
0: Well, there's a song that I wrote in the album that was like an improv that I didn't really understand the lyrics until like a year and a half later, which is adios. Um, and it's like a goodbye saying, even though we said goodbye, we never said goodbye. Uh, that's a beautiful song. And like the lyrics, I didn't understand them when I when I wrote them, but it was an emotion that was so inside of me. But that was like a more personal thing. But uh, lessons that I've learned from songs um, that I wrote them, and now like I, I apply them in my life. Maybe Quererte Bonito is just such a beautiful song about, you know, loving with no expectations. And it's a song about um, just really connecting with someone in a very real and honest and beautiful way and loving someone in a pretty way. Um, so I think that that song has like a, a cool message. There's other songs as well uh, in the album that, let's see. Dharma is a really cool one. The lyrics in Dharma, I think they just have a lot to do with like uh, all of us at some point in our lives. Cause they talk about that person that comes when you, your heart, your heart is like hard and it has like a shell over it and like a wall and they bring down that wall. And it's just like, a very grateful album, you know, and it, it's dedicated to all those beautiful souls that come into our lives to change us. And they're like, they're our masters, you know?
1: Well, it's an interesting thing as well. Cause right. Okay. I looked at it and, you know, last, I think it was like two, three weeks ago, you know, you also had like, there was a billboard poll of the new music you're most excited for. And you actually beat out everybody. You beat out the weekend, everybody. And where I'm going with this is for You, how exciting, gratifying is it to know that, look, when you put honest music out there, when you put music out there that really relates to you personally and that you are grateful for, that fans respond to it as well. Because I've always been a big believer that the more open you are as an honest, as an artist, I should say, try that again in English, the more open you are as an artist, the more fans respond to it. So are you seeing that with the, sing- with the singles you've put out so far from this record?
0: yeah i think the, the times that i've done well in my career have been being honest and open and when i've closed off uh, and i've gone against my nature that's when i've really disconnected from people and i've seen it like in different senses even in like social media like because my personality is very open and i'm funny and i make jokes and i crack up and i'm always like having fun with it. And then I remember there was some point, I don't know why we all go through that, but in my mind I was like, okay, now I got to like be more serious on social media and look more like post more like pictures looking good, you know, like (laughs) stuff like that. And being more distant and maybe that works for some other people because it's their nature. But for me, it's like, I disconnected from people, you know, and you could see it in, in in people's response. And then I started doing that with my music as well. I wasn't just that honest because I wasn't focusing on the emotion, but I was focusing on what's going to be the result of these songs. You know, are they going to be a hit? Uh, where's this song going to take me? Let's go into the studio and write a hit. But we, I wasn't going into the studio and saying, yo, let's tell a story. And with this album and with everything that happened in the pandemic, I went back to my nature of just I'm telling stories, man, and I'm enjoying myself and I'm having fun with it. And I'm not putting that pressure on myself that I have to be the biggest artist in the world or that I have to be uh, this or that uh, and that it all has to happen at a specific time. I'm just enjoying it, man. You know, I'm really just having a good time. I'm seeing where life is, is going to take me. And that's where my art really comes to comes to life and where it's honest and where can it really be an example for people? Because how can I be an example for people if I, if my example for people is saying, if you're not the most successful person in the world, life's not worth it. Hey, I don't know if I'm going to keep singing forever uh, someone watching this interview doesn't know if they're going to be a doctor forever or a psychologist, or if they're going to work, uh, at a grocery store and then move somewhere else, or they're gonna, you know, just stop working or dedicate their life to helping people out. You know, like it's such a long life we have and so many different career paths and uh, amazing choices that we can take. And we don't have to just, just because we decided to study one thing doesn't mean we have to like, do that one thing for the rest of our lives it's just like my message is more everybody just we can follow our hearts and see where life takes us because it's not written down yet and we're writing our own story and there's no set of specific rules uh of to how you have to live your life and why you have to live it that way i think the only main rule is just respect love yourself respect other people and just follow your heart
1: Yeah, no, I I love the fact that you say that too, because I was just interviewing Avril Lavigne on Friday and we were talking about the fact, look, dude, she started making music when she was 17. At some point, now she's 37. In that 20 years, you really need to decide to recommit to music and decide, okay, this is what it is I still want to do. Have you had that experience yet where you're like, because look, a lot of people, look, you grow up, you're like, oh, dude, it'd be cool to be a musician. And at some point you realize that it's something you are very passionate about and that you love.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's something I'm definitely passionate about and passionate about, and it's natural to me. I actually posted an Instagram uh, post yesterday. I I put a video up yesterday that I saw for the first time ever that my aunt showed me of a recording of myself when I was a little kid with a guitar. uh, just with There was like some mariachis behind me, like a, a group in Colombia, and they're singing. And I have like a little tiny guitar, and I'm in front of them and pretending I'm a singer. And back then, I didn't even have a conscience that I liked music or wanted to be a singer. But it was like part of my nature, you know, and it's something that you're born with some for some specific reason. And I'm super passionate about it. And I'm just obsessed in a good way with with songs, you know, and making good songs and developing cool concepts and ideas and having an idea uh, and turning that idea into something real. All right, tangible. so do you
1: remember the first song that you remember being obsessed with
0: that that I heard?
1: Yeah, because it happens all the time as a kid. You hear a song and you're just like, it's in your head all the time. You don't even, half the time, too, you don't even know why it's there, but you just keep. I mean, stop one song,
0: yeah, once I was really bad at learning lyrics, but I was obsessed with um, Fat Lips, some 41. Da 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 high school. I don't wanna waste my time, become another casualty of society, never falling. Yeah, that was that was something uh that I loved and I was would jump in my bed and go crazy with it. And I actually did a rock song for this album called Las Dudas. So that was definitely like uh inspiration from those songs I would hear back then.
1: Interesting. All right, dude. So, wait, have you ever met Derek or recorded with them or played with them?
0: No, 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 I have not.
1: All right. Who would be the dream artist to play with now? Because obviously you get to have some fun, play with different people now. You know, who would be like that artist that would just be fun for you to collaborate with?
0: John Mayer, because he's super fun.
1: And dude, and he awesome. is funny as fuck too. Who are, dude, All right, let's we're going to jump around a little bit, but you mentioned too that you like to tell jokes and you're funny. What's the what's the funniest movie to you? What's that one movie that just makes you laugh every time?
0: Dude. A lot of people he's he's like one of those people you either hate him or love him but I love Will Ferrell. <laughs> I just think it's so funny and stupid at the same time. So anything he's in like last movie I cracked up a bunch in was Eurovision.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I literally could not stop laughing cuz it's just like that but it's like that particular humor that some people don't really take well to but I love. What what's one movie you cracked up
1: with? Um America's Sweethearts. you ever see that movie? No. It's with Billy Crystal, John Cusack, Julia Roberts, Catherine Zeta-Jones. It's absolutely it freaking ho- for some reason that just movie, and it's such a great like Jordan. You need to watch this movie too because it's it actually deals with a publicist. Billy Crystal plays a publicist doing a junket. It's the funniest fucking Hollywood movie ever made. Like it just nails it so much. <laughs>
0: But, American sweetheart.
1: Yeah, it's so good. Now let's come back to the movie thing for a second though. Because dude, see, I always love this, right? You start out with something, your kid, you're obsessed with some 41. I talk about this with people all the time. You can anticipate sold-out shows. There are things you can anticipate. You can anticipate being nominated for Grammys. You probably can't ever anticipate though being in a Disney
0: movie. Yeah, that's something you cannot anticipate. <laughs> Uh, especially a movie like Encanto, which is just popping off, man. It's like so crazy right now, the soundtrack worldwide and the message and people are loving it. And the Disney movie about your country, about Colombia, you know, and it's inspired uh, in this beautiful land that I call home and people are just getting to know it so much better. And I just can't imagine like the amount of of new tourists we're going to have in Colombia after Encanto. Uh, so I'm very happy about that, and I'm s- ecstatic about Dos Oruguitas, which is um, the song I sing in the movie in the, like the saddest m- moment, like in the climax, like that that moment in the movie that you know really like shows the problem but resolves it uh, that we're used to in like in like these emotional Disney movies, and um, I'm just grateful with Disney and Le Manuel that they thought of me for it. We are pre-nominated to the Oscars, which is fucking epic. And I just got to see what happens, crossing my fingers.
1: Well, I mean, talk about it too from the standpoint of, like you say, it's also, it's a movie that's showcasing your home. I mean, think, you know, imagine how cool is that for you to know that it's creating this really positive image for kids? Because imagine if you had been five years old in Colombia or four years old and get to see your country in
0: a Disney movie. Yeah, no, it's, it definitely like, yeah, it it like makes you have a even more special connection with your country because Disney's like, it's literally where dreams come true and it's this place that holds a special place in the heart of all of us. And obviously now that I'm 27, it's not the same as maybe it was when I was five or 10, But I remember back to those days and watching like The Little Mermaid or watching like Toy Story and all these like all these amazing movies, Beauty and the Beast and all that. You would just like be connected with the characters forever and they'll be with you forever. So me being one of those characters that's going to stay with this next generation up until they're like whatever age they, they get to um, is, is just fantastic. And I can't wait once Disney probably puts like an Encanto, um, ride on the theme parks, you know, cause when the movies get really big, there ends up being like a ride. And I, I, I think that there might be a ride for this movie. <laughs>
1: right. Well, also when you're in a Disney movie, it opens up so many things for you. So maybe collaborating with John Mayer, um, I heard a rumor that perhaps you want to work with Travis Barker though you haven't said that. Travis is actually one of my really good friends.
0: Oh, for real? Well, show him, send him the song. Cause he had, I sent it to him, but he, I don't know if he's heard it yet, but send him the song. It's called Las Dudas uh, on the album and send him the song. Cause I would love to do like a, a, a remix of it Him playing the, the, the drums.
1: <laughs> All right. So did you grow up a Blink fan as well?
0: Yeah, man. No, they are insane. They're super, super cool. And they they were part of, big, big part of the inspiration for this song, uh, for Las Dudas. And in general, just like, I don't know, him in specific, just the way he plays just blew my mind always. And I have such a big admiration for people that can do things that I could never even think about doing in a million years, like playing the drums or drawing well or that type of stuff. I I'm really bad at like anybody that can paint or that can play the drums hat hats off.
1: Oh, right, now how are you as a tennis player? Terrible. Okay. Cause I also heard a rumor because obviously I'm kind of friends with Jordan that, you know, you had met Rafa.
0: Yeah. I met him. I met him in Mallorca, uh, like three months ago. Um, in these awards, the Los Cuarenta Awards. And we were there chilling and chatting for a long while. He's such a nice guy. And he's, he's probably my favorite athlete. So that was insane. I admire him so much. I remember the first time I saw Rafa play and I was telling him was in NASDAQ, which is the Miami Open. It used to be called NASDAQ. And he wasn't really known then, but he got to the final against Federer and he beat Federer in the first two sets and everyone was like, rah, rah, rah. I was like, I became a huge fan of him right then and there. And then Federer beat him um, the next three sets. And I was like, no, why did he <laughs> lose? But, but I became a fan of him right
1: then and there. All right. Well, see, this is an interesting thing, right? The very quick story on this. I remember I I knew this guy named Jerry who was best friends with Elvis. He was part of Elvis's crew back in the day, right? Really older guy. Great guy. Had the most amazing stories. He told me this crazy story about inviting Wilt Chamberlain, the basketball player, to come see Elvis in Vegas, right? And he told, like, Elvis that Wilt was coming and and Elvis was like, yeah, whatever. And and Jerry was like, dude, I invited him. Please be nice to him. So in the middle of the show, Elvis calls out Wilt on stage Really nice. They go backstage, they talk, they have this great conversation. And Jerry was like, I didn't even know you knew who he was. And Elvis goes, I always look out for number one. Just from the standpoint of like, you learn so much from these people, being around other people who are great at what they do. So for you, when you get to be around Rafa, when you get to be around painters, whatever, talk about how that inspires you. Like Travis, for example, his work ethic is legendary.
0: It's all work ethic. It's all what happens behind the scenes. You know, um, what you see up there at the end, it's just the result of years and years of someone, uh, perfecting a craft, uh, being on stage, playing hours on and, uh, on and off, uh, and giving like a huge chunk of your life to, to an art or to a sport or to any particular thing, you know, cause the best lawyers or the best doctors, is, you know, it just, does, doesn't just happen magically that they can do open heart surgery on you and fix your problems and uh, suddenly you have 20 more years to live. No, it's because of everything they do and they keep studying. And any, any like great professional is always learning more. You know, you never, you never stop learning. I'm sure Travis still still learning a bunch of new things all the time.
1: Dude, everybody. is. I interviewed B.B. King once when he was 70 years old and he had just started playing the clarinet. I said to him, why would you start playing the clarinet? He's like, because any day you're not learning is a day wasted. I always love that quote. It always sticks with me and I think it's a great lesson for everyone. If B.B. King can still be learning at 71, then <laughs> yeah, you kind of better be. But it's interesting too because then when you put the work in, you get to see the results of that. So let's bring it back to Dharma. And as you see you know we talked about lessons as you see how you've grown as a songwriter and as an artist and as a vocalist are there particular moments that you're most proud of on this record where you're like okay i see where i've put that work ethic in and now i see it coming and of course i say this with like every artist is a perfectionist you're never 100 percent satisfied but there are still those moments that you're proud of
0: i'm i'm very proud of the album in general um I got, you want me to be very honest with you, Steve? I got lost. My mind went to the the to the <laughs> to to quote you were saying about if you don't learn something every day, you, you lose your day. And I didn't even hear your last question. My mind just went <laughs> off.
1: I mean, it's a great quote. It's still, I, that was like 20 something years ago and I still remember it. So no worries at all. But the question was like, for you, those moments that you're most proud of on this record when you go back and hear it. And because re- again, because you see the work that you put in And you're constantly growing. So the moments that you see how you're growing on this record.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, let's, yeah, let's talk writing wise. I'm very proud of Quererte Bonito. I think it's, as an author, it's my masterpiece so far of the work I've done. Um, Because it's a song that could only see its way to port. Uh, by following my heart and my instinct and like believing in my vision. Um, I wrote the song with Elena Rose and she sings it with me and she has one of the most beautiful voices you guys are ever going to hear. And it's not a song that falls into like any specific rule of songwriting or tempo Or genre, it's like a mix between a ballad and like boleros with these types of chords of like songs that you would hear from writers, you know, back in the day of when my dad would sing and, you know, like a a lot of Spanish uh, songwriters like Silvio Rodriguez, um, but, or Serrat and this style. And um, I just... I don't know. I was just super honest with myself, super true. And it was a moment where I was very conscious and open energy wise for like the information to download and come down. And just the chords on the song are, are, are amazing and what the song says and transmits. And it was such an intricate song and complicated that it was impossible to record how people record music nowadays. Uh, like we couldn't just do the guitar and then record the voices on top. No, we had to do the whole recording live. So we, we met up with uh, Julio Regis Copelo, which is like a very respected, uh, producer and he's amazing an amazing pianist. And we recorded the whole song live, uh, and people hear it now and the way it is. And even Julio and Elena, who I wrote it with and Julio, uh, that's this incredible, like amazing producer. They, they didn't see the song the way I saw it because it's it's just something I had in my head. So it's like me being able to listen to my heart and with these people that I admire and respect so much and be able to sit down in, in, in a room with them and be like, guys, trust me. You know, I know it might sound crazy, to leave these spaces in the song and to do it without a tempo or do it like this but just trust me and if it fails whatever it failed but trust me that they trust me on this one let's try it out and i'm proud of myself you know for for believing in myself in that sense and in in the end we were all very happy with the result uh, another thing i'm happy about in the album which i'm proud of is uh, visually i had this idea for the video for tacones rojos and it's the first video that i co-direct And I co-directed it with Daniel Duran. And uh, it's, I think my favorite, yeah, one of my favorite videos I've done so far, definitely like top two, top three. And a lot of people that I've ran into, they're like, yo, this is like my favorite video. And it's something that I just believed in my idea in the transitions and they were outside the box and they were weird and they're not what people were used to. But that's precisely when you can start doing magic, when you Give people something they're not expecting. And when you do something that you're not expecting, you can't write a song that you've heard before, you know? Or you can't write a song that you already wrote because that song already exists. It's not going to take anyone anywhere new. Uh, Those those, Might as well just listen to the other song. So every single song and every time I go to the studio, that's my biggest goal and one of my biggest challenges now that I have so many songs and in all different types of genres. I got to do something new now. Uh, I released a song 4 days ago called Melancólicos Anonymous, like Melancholics Anonymous, and it's a conversation of mine with my psychologist, you know? And it it just goes through this whole process of what it's like with a psychologist when you have like a heartbreak and from the beginning of it to so when you feel like you're better uh, et cetera, et cetera. And that was super original. And I've had friends in the industry and everything like write me like, yo, that's so cool. I love the song and the idea. And that all happens when you follow your heart and you're not thinking about the result. You're just feeling the emotion and you're just telling the story and having fun with it. And you're cracking up in the studio, writing the song and saying like, this is hilarious. This is so stupid. This is funny. You know.
1: Cool. Well, I know. Unfortunately, we got to wrap up. Is there anything you want to add I didn't ask you about? Well, let me ask you, we'll make this the last question. When you think about playing this record live, what are the songs you're most excited to bring to the stage and see how the audience responds to them? Because look, dude, as soon as you play a song live, the audience makes it their own. They tell you what they think of it.
0: Yeah, no, the, the, I'm most excited for the tour and this is the tour I'm most, most excited about in my life for sure because it's the most organized tour and it has like such a clear concept and I'm going to be a lot more integrated with my band, uh, playing a lot of instruments myself and uh, with the dancers as well and I'm on top of each and every one of the transitions and the arrangements and the and the, um, the screens, all the visuals and the, the, just the story I want to transmit in this show and my message to people is that when you come to my tour, to a Dharma tour, you're not going to come watch me. You're going to come see yourself reflected in these songs and in these stories that are just accepting our reality. And some songs and some of these emotions hurt and some of them give us a uh, new hope. And some of them makes us smile. And at one point we're going to want to and be grinding, and you know we're gonna. It's it's all part of, of everything we do. So um, I can't wait for the tour to start. It starts in Mexico, February twenty third, and it's, we're gonna come to the U.S. towards the end of the year. And there, I'm gonna understand a lot about it, these new songs, what people love the most live, and I'll be able to answer that with like um, with a lot more clarity. But there's a song on the album called Alon De And dude, live, it's like epic. It's just something unreal.
1: Cool. What do you want to add we didn't talk about? Because we covered a lot of shit.
0: Yeah, I think we talked about everything. Check out Dharma. It's a (laughs) darn good album. Oh, no, you know what I didn't tell you? What? Um, You guys can watch me on Netflix in March. I'm I'm the main character for a new Netflix show. It's the first musical in Spanish, and it's going to be really hilarious and exciting. And it's my first time acting. It's called "Eras una you know, ya no." Once upon a time, but not anymore. And we did it in Spain, and I'm super happy about it.
1: Nice. So you're all over the place, dude. Disney, yeah, Netflix, and I'm all, uh, you know.
0: Yeah, and I just did the. I'm doing the voice kids in Spain as well, so that comes out this year. I'm one of the coaches. So you
1: really are all over the place. All over the place. Man. But as an artist, That's dude, a- it's got to be so much fun to get to stretch out and do all these different things
0: yeah and i love tv i just love what you can communicate um on tv and especially a show like the voice It changed my life when i did the voice in columbia changed my life because it's when i really had a personal connection with families and the people and the kids and i'm just like one more kid
1: cool well congratulations on all of it we'll see you in the states at the end of the year and congratulations on the home too
0: thank you so much amazing interview bye
1: cool dude thanks take care ciao Hey, this is Steve Balton. You've been listening to my turning point with special guest, Sebastian Yacha.
0: <laughs> no, When you look into Discover Student Loans, what you see might surprise you. We can help cover your college costs, don't charge you fees, and give you cash rewards for good
1: grades. Ready to apply? Visit discoverstudentloans.com. Limitations apply.
2: It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football.